There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positives or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. And I'm very excited because I relearned how to count. Welcome inside edition number 171 of Yes, the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. We're going to talk Timberwolves and your surging Minnesota links here in just moments. We'll mix in some twins talk as well. Mitchell Hansen from Canis Hoopus, the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, and points in between joins in just moments. But first, please, a reminder, please rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple. You can also do that on Spotify these days. You can now find my ugly mug on YouTube as well. I typically Post all the links to how to find this podcast on my Twitter at the Ross Brendel. And please don't forget, perhaps the most important thing you can do besides rating on Apple is please tell your friends and family all about Minnesota Sports Chat. The easiest way to do that, just send them the link to this podcast, how you know they listen. If you know they listen on Apple, send them the Apple link. If you know they're listening on Spotify or iHeart, send them that link. That would be a huge help to me. And I thank you in advance for doing that. I thank Mitchell Hansen, M underscore Hansen 3, on the Twitter machine for joining this edition of Minnesota Sports Chat from a coffee shop I can only assume is somewhere in and around St. Cloud Waite Park. It is. It is. I'm actually in Sartell, which is by St. Cloud. Okay. I'm from the from the St. Cloud area, so I, I try to, to branch out and go to a different coffee shop today. I just so happen to have the day off, so I'm I'm sitting in a coffee shop. There's no no better way to start my morning than than in with some with some caffeine and, and kind of working on some things and chatting some some sports with you. You can name the coffee shop. Where are you sitting in Sartell? What's the name I, here? It's called Second Street Coffee House, and it's by if people are familiar with the area, it's by Blue Line Sports Bar and Grill. There's two in in the area one in st cloud one in sartell it's right by Sartell, right by the one in sartell so it's a it's a cool little space and it's def- one of my favorite places so it's definitely worth checking out if you're around the area dumb question is it actually on second street or does that name have different meaning i think it is I'm, i actually i have no idea but I, I think it is right on second street but there, there was a coffee i think a coffee shop here at one point um and then that closed and now now this opened up it has a drive-through too which is always nice but um yeah, I think it is. So I think that that's the reasoning for the name. That other coffee shop may have been First Street or Third Street Coffee. <laughs> may, may have been what that was. And hang on a second. Perfect. All right. Uh, I'll give you the option. Do you want to start with Minnesota Timberwolves offseason? Or you're now suddenly surging, even though I thought we were rebuilding Minnesota Lynx. Where do you want to start? Let's maybe start with some wolves and then transition to some Lynx. Okay. Mind. Yeah, because I feel like it's positive on both fronts right now with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I guess we can start with, I I guess it's a huge move, but it's also very anticlimactic because we knew Ant Edwards was going to get that max extension, which he did, but it is another signal 
to me, Mitchell, even though it was more of a formality, at some point between Gobert, Towns, and Ant, you probably can't have all three of them, which I think we'll get to here in moments. But if you are a Wolves fan, it is nice to know that this one went off kind of without a hitch and very little anxiety. There was no real rumors about Ant not being happy. Maybe Ant doesn't want to be here long term. So I think in the immediacy here and in the immediate moment, you have to be happy that this deal got done. And if not the current face of the franchise, I would argue that he is the soon to be face of the franchise is going to be in Minnesota at First Avenue and Target Center for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, it was it was obviously an important, um, important thing to get done. Um, just a little solidify that future. Um, like you said, it was kind of something that was expected and, and anticipated that would happen, no um, matter when it would happen. Um, you know, that, that was kind of uncertain. But, it, you know, it's good to, good to see him sticking in Minnesota. And maybe the most important thing is he wants to be in Minnesota. He, he's, he's somebody that, you know, has, has come out and said he wants to be here. He wants to be involved in the community. He wants to be, you know, involved in everything, in everything Minnesota basketball related. So, you know, that, that's a good thing. And that's what you want out of the face of your franchise, which is that's what he is now. He, he is, well, this this past year, he kind of, you know, established himself as happy. He is officially the face of this franchise and they're going to build around him. Um, and, and that's an important thing. And, you know, like like kind of what you said to to that big three of, of, of Gobert, Towns and, and Edwards, like it, they have some they have some decisions to make. And it feels like there's something that that needs to happen yet. I don't know if it happens this off season. I don't know if it happens during the season, um, you know, maybe around the trade deadline, whatever that may be, but it just feels like they have to do something eventually. And I don't know what that is, but they know what that is. I don't know if it's maybe moving on from towns, if they can find a suitor, I don't, I don't know, but they, it, they can't, it's not sustainable for the long run of what they're or where they're at right now, especially after signing Nas Reed. Um, you know, obviously, you know, adding Ant, you're going to have to end up paying McDaniel's at some point. Like, it, they they have, they you know, they're, they're kind of running out of room, and they're very, they're very top heavy at at forward too. So it's it it'll be interesting to see what happens. I feel like there's something that that still needs to drop, but um, you know, you, you have to start with Ant, and that's that's what happened this offseason, and that, that's what happened over the last week. On Jaden, from the same draft with Ant, correct me if I'm wrong there, but the same draft, I do believe, he'll be due for that payday very soon, perhaps even this offseason as well, which really, to your point, Mitchell, could complicate matters. And and you have new rules in the CBA coming up shortly that are, I don't think it's going to outlaw super teams from forming because you can always find maybe a couple players or two that will just take less money and do what they need to to help manipulate the cap but I do think it's going to make it a lot tougher but I really enjoy that because for the first time ever Mitchell and I really do mean ever if the Wolves can get out of their own way and their own ineptitude I feel like this is the most or the best position the league has put other teams in like the Timberwolves like the Milwaukee Bucks like the Toronto Raptors like the Denver Nuggets were teams from flyover territory if that's what you want to call it can win an NBA championship but you got to be smart and you got to make the right decisions and I do like Carl Anthony Towns I I think he's a phenomenal player one of the most talented players in the NBA I don't necessarily always know if he's a winning player or the type of player that you can 
win a championship with, but somebody's going to want that talent. And I just believe at the end of the day, he's going to be the odd man out. And the easiest way to make that move would actually, in my opinion, be now because his max hasn't kicked in. So whatever team trades for him will get one more year at more cost-effective money, even though it's still, what, roughly 40 ish million dollars. It's, it's a lot of money, but the Wolves just can't simply have, uh, assuming that Jade McDaniels gets done in some way, shape, or form, not at a max deal, but a very good deal, you can't have those four guys all on one roster two years from now. So right. something's going to have to change. And the right move maybe just to move on from Gobert at the end of the year, that probably is the right move. Maybe it is. But is a team really going to swallow their pride after giving up all those draft picks and all that capital and cut bait after two years? Sometimes I think you need to. It's the old sunk cost in business. But, Mitchell, you know, it's egos, it's GMs, it's owners. That's easier said than done. But it just feels like... Uh, the Wolves keep saying, and you look at free agency, every every card that they're showing, so to speak, shows that they're trying to run it back. But could that also just be a facade for trying to also maybe move Carl Anthony Towns this offseason? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I do. I'm, look, Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star, all-star forward. Like, you, you don't find guys like him just, you know, anywhere. And he is a great player. He's he, he would help this team if he's on the roster, but it's also about maximizing. If you're going to move on from one of those guys, it's about maximizing your return and what you can get for that player. If you let Rudy walk, you're not going to get anything for him. If you trade him, you're probably not going to get it. You're, well, you're definitely not going to get as much as you would for cat. And so it, you know, you got to look at it that, that way too. And I, I do think that, you know, when, when the wolves made that, that Rudy trade, they really did want, you know, they wanted it to work with, with Towns and, and Rudy in the paint. And I think with maybe with Towns being out as long as he was during the last, that, you know, last season, that made them reevaluate things. Okay, maybe maybe we do go ahead with Rudy and build around Ant and then add pieces around around those two um, and, and, you know, the supporting cast that, that, you know, they would surround those two with. But so I think that that maybe kind of shifted the focus of, of the franchise and, and what their initial goal was. Now I don't know that, but that that's kind of just what I'm initially thinking. Um, but so to me, it you know I I don't know I I think that they could maybe even pressure in a team if it didn't happen this offseason. They could pressure a team around the deadline, somebody that's that's really you know trying to push all of their chips in at that time to to make a run at a title. Let's say there's somebody that's kind of a flash in the pan that we always see it during the year that is kind of maybe a surprise that is, you know, in a good spot to, to, you know, make a deep playoff run. Maybe they push all their chips in. They're willing to throw in a bunch of draft picks. Um, you know, you see that more at the deadline than maybe you would in the off season. So I, I think that that's maybe to me, that's, that's the more likely option. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting situation because like you said, they're they're not just going to let that that go. The Rudy, you know, the Rudy trade, and and you know, like you said, egos play into you know, effect with all of that. They want to prove that that was the right move, and you know, I, that's that's why I initially think that you know maybe they'll they'll end up moving on from Cat. Um, like you said, I, I like him. I think he's a great player. They him and Ant could grow together, but 
if you're going to choose between the two, I, I personally would move would move Cat just because you can get a lot more for him and you can get a piece that can help you right now. And that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, and with Cat, if you moved him, to your point, Mitchell, I think you would recoup not all of the assets that you gave up for Rudy Gobert, but I still think you can get two or three first-round picks for him. They're probably not high first-round picks, but in the Wolves' defense or how the Wolves would look at it, they're also assuming all the first-round picks that they gave up will be mid to late first round picks as well. So I think that would be a decent way to recoup some of the assets. I do think the trade deadline part is a little bit interesting because I think the Timberwolves are a lot like the Minnesota Vikings right now. Even if you wanted to try and be not competitive and have better draft picks because the Wolves will have a draft pick next year. I don't think the roster allows you to do that because it's too good. So the Wolves being Ideally, at the trade deadline in the playoff mix somewhere, I would assume four through eight next year, hopefully. Would the Wolves really want to make that move when they're in the mix as well? But to your point, maybe they would if they thought they were getting a comparable player in return who's maybe making slightly less money and has a favorable deal. Another reason, Mitchell, why I would like to make the move now if I was them is to take on the... You got to get to what within is it roughly 90% of what you give away on the money or is it 80? I don't remember. That always seems to get tweaked. Do you know off the top of your head? I want to say 90 maybe. I don't don't know. So I would, I would want all that back this year for the most part. Maybe you take a player back who's got a couple years, but I would love to get that back this year and let that money come off the books immediately. So it's, it, it is interesting. Like they, Look, they've done themselves no favors. They've put themselves in a very interesting and tough spot. I do want to ask you a little bit about free agency so far. I think pretty much everybody who the Wolves have signed to the commoner, I think most people go, I don't know who those people are. If you really follow the NBA, I think you do know. I'm speaking of guys like uh, Milkshake Milton. That's what I'm going to start calling them. Is that okay? Do you think? I like that. I like that. Yeah, or I did, I, the joke I tried making is I don't know much about Shake Milton, but I know his brother Milk, Milk Milton. That would have been a great name. Uh, tell tell me about these guys because I, I do think from what I have read and the limited knowledge of a few of these players, I, I think they can help, but they're not really going to be difference makers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're mainly you know they're they're bench move or uh, depth moves, um, and and that's you know that's something you need to to build i mean that's that's something that makes a difference if you are making a playoff run um and you're trying to you know make a deep deep run in the postseason um you know the the two that i think were were most important obviously you well i wouldn't even say necessarily free agent additions but just maybe even their re-signings you know they re-signed um you know not to to do a deal that that was something that that needed to happen then you know they resigned Nas which is you know obviously a very important thing just because of the year he had last year um you know I would even say that those two maybe are you could even throw Luca Garza into the mix just as somebody that that is a kind of a potential fill-in if there is injuries um you know here and there he's on a two-way deal um but you know those those are very important because they are they're very there's they're those role players that, that make a difference and they can step in when there are injuries because there are going to be injuries. Um, but but then you you look at, you know, like you said, Milton, um, you know, they, they obviously let Torian Prince walk. Um, so they're, they're just kind of reshifting the roster a little bit and they're adding adding to depth. I mean, it's not 
I don't think anybody expected them to be, you know, go out and make splashy moves because they don't really have the ability to do so. So it's just kind of finding those those players here and there that that can kind of, you know, pitch in and and, and help out. I mean, the, the Wolves have been. It seemed like all of the kind of middle of the pack free agents. It, it seemed like the Wolves kind of had their name tied to them in rumors at some point. And I think that's maybe them just kind of testing the waters with things and kind of doing their due, due diligence on, on free agents and kind of checking in with them. Um, I don't know how realistic it was to actually land them, but and and I don't know how many players are, are dying to come to Minnesota right now, but, you know, they're with the other moves that are, have been made this offseason and just kind of the teams that are starting to build in the West and the East. Um, but, it, you know, they, they did a nice job in, in adding depth, adding some younger players, getting some cheaper deals. Um, and that's something that you you have to do when you are so top heavy with with kind of the contracts that they have on the roster. Not only does Mitchell cover the Wolves for Canis Hoopas, he does an outstanding job covering the Minnesota Lynx, who are, it sounds like I'm joking, but it is true, the suddenly surging Minnesota Lynx. I, I thought, now, I'll be honest, a lot of the games they've been winning, I think, are against teams that are comparable to maybe slightly worse than where the Minnesota Lynx are but they're still winning those games. Uh, Mitchell, did, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't they 1-7 at one point? They started 0-6. Okay. Um, and since then, they've, they've what, they're... 7-3, um, right? Yeah, they're 7-3 because they're entering entering the uh, Wednesday night game at, you know, 7-9. So they're 7-3. They're, they're, you know, they're tied for six. And they're, they're winners of three straight, looking for four straight. So they're, they're playing a lot better. And the reason I, I give maybe a couple reasons for, for why that is, um, you know, there's, there's dealing with injuries right now. Tiffany Mitchell is out with a, with a wrist injury. Uh, Jess Shepard has been out with a non COVID illness injury for, for a while. Um, Ariel powers has been out. I don't know if she'll, when she'll return it, I don't think it'll be before the all-star break. I don't know if any of those players are going to return before the all-star break, but so they've been dealing with some injuries, but, but the reason, a couple of the reasons why they haven't playing so well and, and the reasons for the success are two players, um, Nafisa Collier and Diamond Miller. Diamond Miller just returned you know, three games ago, four games ago, right before the, the winning streak started. She you know, proceeded to her first game back, scored then a career high 17 points or 18 points. So the next night she scored 19 points. The next night she scored 25. Um, and, you know, she's playing out of her mind. And that's that's exactly what, what the, the Lynx want. Their two rookies are playing outstanding, that being Miller and, and Dorky Yuhas. Like they're they're both playing starting roles right now, and they they look like they've been in the league for multiple years, not just rookies. So that that's encouraging. And then to keep Nafisa Collier, she's playing absolutely lights out. I mean, we've seen the last what a couple of the games during the the win streak, or I, I guess the, the the two games against um, Seattle that they just played last week. The first game she dropped a career high thirty three ten, and then the next night she or two nights later the next game against Seattle again she ends up winning the game in overtime and a game winner. So she, she's playing great. She's playing at an all-star level uh, as, as we saw with her being, um, you know, selected to her third all-star game. And then I would even say that she's, she's probably playing at an MVP level. You know, she's, she should be in that conversation, maybe the top five, um, you know, in the league in the MVP conversation. Um, so, you know, those two have, I mean, you want your best players to be leading the way and that's exactly what Minnesota's doing. That's what they hope they would get out of Diamond Miller right away. And that's exactly what they've gotten out of Diamond Miller. Um, and, and it'll be fun to, to see not only this season how, how Fee and um, Diamond Miller can continue to grow, but how they'll be able to grow beyond this year when they surround them with, with different pieces and, and kind of you know maximize their talents and 
Um, you know, right now it's a lot of people thought that Minnesota would be right at the bottom of the league. I'm one included that, you know, that they, well, the way they started off, they did not look good. And, and I thought it was going to be a very, very long season. Um, but they've, they've hit a hot streak. And, and like you said, they, they haven't been playing great teams, but you still got to win those games. And that's, that's exactly what they've done. So they're, they're playing a lot better right now. This group coming together, specifically, I'll call it Collier and, uh, and Miller, feels a lot like those early Minnesota links just slightly before they started winning their championships. And I'm not saying that that's what this group is going to do, but obviously that's the hope. And some of the signs and early returns uh, look very good. And I'll say this, I was texting some other friends this past weekend and I was texting you watching a few games last week. Uh, Diamond Miller is just fun. Like she brings a fun aspect to target center and the Minnesota Lynx. I'm not saying the other players don't have that, but it's been it's been a nice infusion. And there were people that thought when the Lynx made that pick at number two that they might be getting the best player in the draft. And I guess we'll have to project. We'll see three to five years from now if that's true. But she just seems to really fit the Lynx roster very well. And that's really good for them as they continue to build this roster out. If they could somehow make the playoffs this year and use that as a building block into next year awesome oh yeah yeah she's she's done she's exactly what minnesota had hoped she'd be she you know she fits that that style of well they, they've kind of shifted their offensive scheme now to be more of a you know kind of up-tempo five out um you know slashing cutting you know diving kind of offense which nafisa collier thrived in at uconn and that's kind of why they shifted to that mold but um yeah that that's one aspect or kind of uh, a scheme that a diamond miller fits really well she you know she's a very athletic she can get up and down the floor she can do iso she can she can kind of she can you know she can do everything <laughs> she can she's very she's very similar almost to fee um in, in what what she does and you know that that's that's very encouraging that that like you said that fits the style that she just fits well in minnesota um, and that's credit to you know Cheryl Reeve and her coaching staff for for kind of vetting her out and kind of um, you know you know kind of looking into her a little bit more and kind of thinking or envisioning what she would look like in the scheme and, and building around that right away. And Minnesota was in the, in a perfect spot to shift things. You know Sylvia Fowles retiring last year, they could kind of re reevaluate how they wanted to run things. And in that, you know, having that top pick was was a good was a good way to, you know, to kind of feed into that and, and kind of help that process. So, uh, you know, she, she's a great fit. And, and I think that her and, and Fee uh, growing together will be very fun for, for many years to come because they're both extremely young yet and they're still growing together. I want everybody listening to remember this code because I'm going to save you some money. Sports Chat. Sports Chat is the code for my friends at Beans Coffee Company and coffeebybeans.com. Great supporters and great friends of Minnesota Sports Chat. I'm very appreciative of them and I'm appreciative of you for listening and also supporting this great company. So many great blends. You know I'm a big fan of the Mikado and the Perfectus. I've been drinking the De Novo lately and that Oakwoods blend that people love, or Oakwood. I'll put some respect on that name and get it right. The Oakwood blend, also a great blend, but really blends for everybody. Dark roast, light roast, medium roast. 
I'm looking right now at the website, 369. You're looking at 10-plus blends, including a decaf blend as well, for all of you people wasting your time on decaf coffee. What's the point? What's the point, Mitchell? It's like drinking dirt water. Like just, I love coffee, but just it, it, decaf, you, you drink coffee for the caffeine. Like. You, you do. I, I will say this. On occasion, I will have a decaf late at night in like the yes. winter because you just want that, that comfort. But if you're starting your day with decaf coffee, you're doing it wrong. And sorry if I'm now in hot water with my friends at Beads Coffee Company. But that promo code sports chat's going to save you at checkout. So please use that. Beans Coffee Company, they ship for free on all orders of $35 or more. They're local here in the state of Minnesota out of Mankato. Coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. Use that promo code sports chat. So as I record with Mitchell on this uh, morning, approaching afternoon of July 5th, we'll get this pod dropped today. Your Minnesota Twins still in first place, I believe now, technically. uh, Well, not technically. They are one game over 500. But if you listen to this a few days from now, don't hold that against me if they're back below 500. But, uh, Mitchell, this literally is the theme of every podcast when I talk Minnesota Twins. I'll give them some credit. I will say since their players only meeting, it's been slightly more enjoyable to watch because there has been a dramatic change in at bats and how they're approaching at bats. But I get a little upset because why was that decision not made in mid-May, June 1st? Like, why did we wait to get to the game 82 to decide uh, Judd Zolgad at score north, as he calls them, the mutiny men. Why did it take 82 games for the lineup to go, oh, what you're asking us to do isn't working? How, why? You know, you're you're around teams. I was around teams years ago. It just doesn't make any sense to me that you can keep banging your head on the wall, getting the same results, and it takes half the season for guys to allegedly say, eh, this ain't working. We need to do something different. I'm so confused by that. Well, okay. So the one of the things that I've, I've found interesting was I think Rocco, one of the, I don't know, one of the other, or maybe last week, he said something like, we just keep doing the same things over and over and over again. And we, we just can't, we can't crack out of it. We can't, you know, we can't break out of this, you know, the, the same routine we're in. Well, one way to do that is to switch things up. And whether that's personnel, whether I'm not calling for Rocco's head, but maybe that's coaching, you know, you got to switch something up to make things different. And that's something that the coaching staff hasn't done. They just, you know, we're, you know, we're coming up short. Let's keep running out the same lineup. Let's keep doing what we've been doing, but you're going to, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. And, you know, that, that's something that they've gotten stuck in, in the last month or so that they just, they can't shake what they've been doing wrong. And it's one of the weirdest teams, and this says a lot as a Minnesota sports fan, one of the weirdest teams I've followed uh, because I'm a, I'm a Twins fan. I, I like watching the Twins, especially during the summer. There's nothing better than throwing on a Twins game or throwing it on the radio and, and just, you know, you know, listening to it or watching it on, a, on an evening, you know, in, on a night or, you know, sitting outside, you know, listening to the game, whatever. Um, but so I, I watch them, you know, quite regularly, and it's just it's maddening how they keep doing the same things over and over and over again. And I'll say this to the the players only meeting too, with just being around teams, um, you know, just covering teams throughout my career. That 
anytime you have a players only meeting, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, it's good to have a players only meeting and, you know, kind of hash things out, whatever. When you know that there's a players only meeting, that's not a good thing. I yes. mean, it can yep. result in good things, but that's never a good thing. And people think it is, but it's not. That means you, you're losing the locker room. The players are getting frustrated with each other. The chemistry is bad. The morale is bad. It's never a good thing. And and that's that's the point where where the twins are and, and something needs to change. I don't know what it is, but, but something needs to change if they wanted to, wanted to turn around. Well, and maybe it has changed a little bit just with the approach because since uh, Rocco dubbed the season starts now after they were 40 and 42, I think they're now four and four and one since the season restarted. But again, you've beat the Royals twice and you played okay against Baltimore, but you did the same thing. You uh, they're back the last two games against Baltimore, you scored two runs and 18 innings. I mean, that's just, you're not going to beat many teams that way. And I don't know how fair it is to judge results against the Royals. They're still a major league baseball team, but you should beat them at least two out of three times, if not sweep them every time you play them. When I think of the Minnesota twins, one of my favorite sports movies is Moneyball, And there, there is a part in Moneyball where I think fake Billy Bean, AKA Brad Pitt is talking to his scouts and the scouts say, well, he's a good hitter. And Brad Pitt says, well, if he's a good hitter, why does he hit good? You know, and that's kind of what I think about when I look at the Minnesota Twins. There are good players on this team. Like this roster is too good to be floating in and around 500 for the better part of now more than half the season. But then I think, well, maybe I have to check myself because I've said this multiple times this year. Maybe they just aren't very good. Like we think they're good. Maybe we're holding on to ideas of what players used to be and maybe they're just not very good anymore i'll close with this i continue to give the pitching a ton of credit poor Sonny gray might not ever win another game in a minnesota twins uniform he hasn't won a game since late april however his era is rock solid i believe still right around two and a half after another great outing against the royals he's going to the all-star game and it's very well deserved his record is only four and two but that doesn't really matter he he belongs at the all-star game i also think duran it it should be at the all-star game and still might get there but hey you're right around 500 and you're in first place so you really can't complain too much about how guys or how many guys are going but I give the starting pitching a ton of credit, Mitchell. This is why I do believe it's still going to work out for the Minnesota Twins, and I do think they'll outlast the other crappy teams in the American League Central. Somehow, some way, they have largely stayed together. There, I think learning about the players-only team meeting, I 100% agree with you, is not great. However, I will say the fact that the starting pitchers routinely go out literally every day knowing if they give up more than two runs, they have next to zero chance to win the game and they do it. I mean, there's been some bad starts. That's going to happen. It's baseball, but by and large, these starters go out. They give you six, now seven innings. They give up three or less runs every time. And I think they know in their head. I mean, literally you give up a solo home run in the second. I'm sure Pablo Lopez is going, well, I'm effed. You know, but but there's not a lot you can do about that. But I give them a ton of credit, and I do think they'll make moves at the deadline or at some point this month. I don't know if we can trust anything that Falvin does. They've made some really nice moves. They've made some really poor moves. So just them at the trade deadline gives me a little trepidation. You know, buyer beware. So we'll see how that goes. But overall, I'm negative on the Twins. I'm very meh. Whatever happens, happens but I still do believe they're going to outlast everybody and win the division. 
Do you I, do you have any general thoughts on that? I would I would agree. I, I think that you know they'll the fact that they've been able to to kind of tread water and, and remain where they're at while struggling uh, means I mean they're they're going to end up improving. They well they should knock on wood. They should be able to to you know kind of improve a little bit and kind of figure things out offensively so that they can at least put up some runs more than you know what they have recently or, or you know during this kind of rough stretch but you know the, the pitching staff is is solid i mean they, they've how often have we been able to say that usually it's that's one of our, our you know downfalls is that you know the the we have maybe one or two starters and and you know the rest of the rotation or maybe even the bullpen kind of you know blows things uh, beyond that but you know the the pitching staff has done a good job and they've they've done the you know what we what any team would want out of a pitching staff and now it's just a matter of figuring things out on on offense and, and it's just about getting the bats around and, and that's something that you know kind of it's an ebb and flow throughout the year you know players will struggle um offenses will struggle so i i, I do think that they'll, they'll end up turning things around i think like you said the for how bad the division is i think that they'll they'll end up coming out on top um now <laughs> If they if they end up in a in a divisional race and they come up and obviously like let's say they, they you know they finish in second, they're not going to get into the playoffs because they're so bad or their record is so bad that they're not going to get a, a wild card spot. So they they the only route into the postseason for this team is by winning the division, and that's that's not unusual. But I do think that they'll end up winning. Now when they get into the playoffs, um, that's a, that's a whole other ball game. That's a whole other story because I don't think that you know they're really going to do much in the postseason but um you know you, you never know they, they they could uh they could turn things around and they could they could surprise us all and, and maybe they do make something may make a move at the deadline um or may make a move before the deadline and um if that happens if they get a spark in the lineup that's that's really you know oftentimes that's all it takes you get one spark in the lineup and it kind of you know it, it falls down from there and kind of goes from there and it, it lights a spark under everybody else and, and and turns things around so um you know that that's all it takes and, and who knows maybe they they end up figuring it out but yeah to your point I, I i agree that i think that they'll end up uh um you know hopefully winning the division and now that i said that they'll probably finish third <laughs> you, you know what though i am not losing faith because i said at the beginning of the year this would be the team that would end that playoff losing streak i i, I at the beginning of the year when i thought they would be better than they have been I didn't even guarantee that they would win a playoff series. I just thought they would win a playoff game. Baseball's weird. Sports are weird. This team will win 84 games and somehow wind up in the ALCS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) well, all it takes is one game, too. All it takes is one good game. Just got to get that good feeling. Uh, Mitchell, uh, people can get some good feelings following your Timberwolves and Lynx work. Where do they go to find all that? Uh, you can go to Canisupis at canisupis.com. Um, you can also find some stuff at, at winsider.com. I'll do some some WNBA and link stuff over there. Um, you can find a lot of my stuff. Uh, you, you mentioned it, um, Hitting the Hardwood, uh, my new podcast. You can find find a lot of that stuff. You can find it on, on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. Um, Twitter, you can, I'm a little bit more active on, on that platform with, with the podcast. You can find that at, at Hitting Hardwood. Um, and then you can follow me on uh, Twitter, um, M underscore Hanson13. Um, and, uh, yeah, you'll find, you can find it there. I usually post a lot of my, my written content podcasts. A lot of that stuff is, is all on there. So, um, kind of a little bit of a mixed bag of, of different places, but, um, you know, I, I enjoy covering the links, enjoy covering the wolves, enjoy covering bat or talking basketball, talking sports. So it's, it's a lot of fun and hopefully fans and, and, and followers enjoy it as well. 
Well, I think, uh, well, not think, I know, especially Minnesota Lynx and hopefully the Timberwolves, that things are going to be pretty good for the Lynx the remainder of this season, hopefully. And the Timberwolves are always entertaining, whether it's on the court or off the court. So plenty <laughs> to pay attention to at KatisHoopas.com and M underscore Hanson three on the Twitter machine. Uh, thanks, Mitchell, for joining. We'll catch up again real soon. And I promise at some point we'll meet halfway and have a beer flight or two. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. I, I uh, always enjoy joining the podcast. And yeah, whenever you want to meet up, you feel free to let me know and, and I'll meet you wherever. Uh, maybe we'll find that first or third street coffee. Maybe that maybe yeah. that's what we'll do. Hey, so there is a there's in my uh, hometown where I grew up, Third Street Coffee or uh, Third Street Brewery. Oh, there we go. There we go. It's all coming (laughs) together. It's all coming together. That is Mitchell Hansen, M underscore Hansen three on the Twitter machine. I am at the Ross Brendel. And that does it for this 171st edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. If you're listening in the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. I'm back again next week. Thank you very much for listening.